Welcome to The Pulse on Akaville Radio, hosted by Rachel Schoenbaum. Welcome back to another episode of The Pulse. I am your host, Rachel Schoenbaum, and I am so excited to be sitting down with members of Fifth Street Voices. They are a vocal band based out of Victoria, British Columbia, whose members met at University of Victoria School of Music and formed a group out of a desire to make music together and to continue growing as artists. Welcome, Fifth Street. How are you folks doing? So good. We're so excited. Well, I would love to delve a little bit deeper into your origin story. And if you could talk a little bit about how you all met. Absolutely. This is my favorite story because this is where I get to claim ownership of Fifth Street. (laughs) (laughs) So the four of us all met in the University of Victoria's vocal jazz ensemble. We were actually, all five of us were together originally. And we created this group because I really wanted to sing a chart by the real group called It Don't Mean a Thing. And I've been wanting to sing it since high school, but never got the opportunity. And so finally, I had begged our director for four years saying, I need this chart. And he said, fine, just choose your people and buy the music. So I bought the music and it was a no brainer who I was going to choose. It was going to be these four people. So we started working on it. And the first time we performed it, we got off the stage and we just said, this is everything we want to do. Let's make this our career. And the rest is actually history. Well, because it is in the past, but now we are in the present. I imagine one or two things might have happened between that inception and now. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about some of the growth and the path that the group has taken in that time period. Yeah, I'd love to speak on that. Originally, when we started, it was a lot of the real group and pentatonics, sheet music that we just got and sang because we that was all we had. And we just like scraped together five part arrangements because we're like, oh, we don't know how to arrange. And then Kenji and uh, Ryan both kind of started arranging for us. And from there, we started finding our voice and, you know, growing as a group and realizing we were more than just like doing performances of other groups music. And it was it was it has been a really cool process to go through and building our rehearsal schedules like we at least before the pandemic rehearsed twice a week and talked about business twice a week. And, you know, it it really is so different from the beginning when we rehearsed one chart for like half a year. (laughs) And now it's like we learn a song a day, basically, if we can. Wow. Well, your, even your musical style has changed as a group that or folks who started off in jazz and that jazz world. You've taken on a lot of contemporary music. And I, I wonder what, what prompted that? What made you want to approach those genres? I think the unique thing about our group is that we all love all types of music. Like Kenji really delves into hip hop. We all love jazz, of course. Jay grew up on gospel music. Tash loves theater and is incredible, like classical singer as well. And I've just loved pop. And I think it's just a big mishmash of all these genres that we love and something that we can make our own. Mm. And I think that's what really speaks to a lot of our listeners is that there's a little bit of everything for everyone. So yeah, I wonder, you know, you had mentioned earlier that arranging wasn't something that you had in your back pockets when you first started. Can you talk a little bit about that evolution into arranging and how you were able to make that transition? Yeah, sure. I actually only started arranging vocal music when Fifth Street started. Wow. Um, so it, it was a very like self-taught thing for me, especially trying to find our sound. And it was a tough road at first because <laughs> obviously, you know, when we're starting, it's going to be not as great, I guess. How about yeah. polished? <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good way to say it. But, you know, it just 
just took a lot of time for us to really get the hang of it. And I feel like we've just gotten so much better. All of us are our arrangers now and, and we do as much as we can to fulfill all the musical needs for Fifth Street. So yeah. Is there a sweet spot for the group? Do you feel like there's a place you like to sort of live musically? I think for our sound that we're actually, it's interesting as we have started to write original music and not just stay with covers, we've started to find our sound, which then we're starting to notice where that sound came out of in our other arrangements, right? And so I think our sweet spot truly is R&B funk style music. We really love gospel stylings, like vocal stylings that way. And that really, of course, plays into the history of R&B and funk. So correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but that's kind of where I think that we have really found our sweet spot. Yeah. And then also integration of those jazz roots. We always pay homage in a way in most of our arrangements anyway, like not every single one, but yeah, most of our arrangements really have those jazz harmonies that we know and we love. And mm-hmm. I think that's something like both Kenji and Ryan specifically do really well because both of them kind of grew up playing piano and guitar. So they really have a great knowledge of harmonic like voicing. And that's what has created our sound as well. Awesome. Well, let's get a little taste of that sound. We'll be hearing Fifth Street Voices do Man in the Mirror, originally performed by Michael Jackson. Here they are. Hold up, hold up there past me. We don't have a license to play music on this podcast. So if you want to hear this interview uninterrupted, including all the fantastic music that's involved, go to Akaville.org and become a member. Thanks. And now we return you to our regularly scheduled interview. I love that too. And I think you guys did such a good job with it. It's such an iconic kind of Michael Jackson tune. And I I wonder if you could talk a little bit about how that song came to be in your rap. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of interesting because I live with the person that arranged it, which is Kenji. And uh, I was watching him go through the process of being like, I want to do something that is a little bit older, that has never lost its touch in the music scene. But also he wanted to do something that was relevant to our current political and social climate. This past year has been really intense, as we all know, of course, with the pandemic, but also with the uprising of issues. So we're talking like Black Lives Matter. We're talking Stop Asian Hate. And so he wanted to do a song that would hopefully bring people together and be like, look at ourselves first and that we could kind of help share a message in this time. So it was cool to watch him go, this is tough. This is a legendary song and I'm terrified, but let's do it and maybe say something. I love that. I wonder, you know, you you bring up the past year. I don't think anyone could avoid it. <laughs> How have you all weathered the pandemic? How has it impacted you? Man, it's been it's been a ride. Obviously, like with the pandemic, we couldn't meet with each other to do our regular like rehearsals in person. So we had to find a way to really stay kind of relevant within the music world and within the acapella circles. And our main thing was, you know, we got to post TikToks, we got to post YouTube videos, we got to post stuff online because that stuff is accessible worldwide. And yeah, we really just bunkered down and and made these really short, cute, fun arrangements and just post it online and cross their fingers and hope that it was going to be seen by people. I mean, I think it has been. I wonder what was the most challenging part for you all in making that transition into being a virtual group? I would say, first of all, there were so many opportunities that were lost because of the pandemic, like so many performances were canceled. So that was really, really hard. And as a largely live performance based ensemble, we were so used to feeding off the energy 
energy of an audience. And a lot of our newer repertoire that we were putting together for TikTok and for YouTube was stuff that we hadn't actually gotten the chance to sing together. So we had to discuss what we wanted to do with stuff, but we couldn't actually put it into action until we heard it recorded. So that is the hardest part is like making sure we know what we want to do and then putting all of our energy into the song so that it sounds like what we would want to perform. Yeah. Have you been doing all of the mixing, mastering and all of that yourselves in this time? Or is it something that you have other folks that you rely on for that part? I do all of the mixing and mastering for all of Fifth Street. And it, I've learned quite a lot, especially with the, the workload that we've been doing and posting, you know, a couple songs a week. So <laughs> you get you, you get a lot of practice. And yeah, it's, it's very re- rewarding to be able to see, to be able to sing and produce something great and have the reception that it's it's had. I would say that if I can just chime in, because I yeah. love to hype up Ryan when I get the chance. The reason why I think Fifth Street is so unique is that each of us really came into this group with a specific set of gifting. And even if we weren't refined in those, we did everything we could to bring our best to the table. So Ryan wasn't a mixer originally, but brought his very best and puts an hours and hours every week to get this done for us. So when we had to go strictly online, he took on that weight for us with no questions asked. And I think we were super lucky to go into it with somebody on our team who would do that for us no matter what. Not everybody had that and not everybody had the resources. Yeah. Well, so I wonder then, does that change for you at all your choices moving forward about how you spend your time together as a group having that skill in-house as you said is not necessarily something that every group has so does that give you more options i think it definitely does i mean through this like ryan said we had to start producing content twice sometimes three times a week just to stay relevant. Luckily, we already had a history on YouTube. We had been putting a lot of resources into building a platform there. So it wasn't totally unusual to us to put time and effort into social media. There was just quite a severe uh, adjustment. But through this, we've found that when we could no longer work with our cinematographer, Kenji had to fully go and learn how to do all of our video editing. And he had to do it in matters of hours. So here are all our videos, flip it really fast and put it out there. Ryan had to get used to maybe not every recording is going to be perfection, but we needed Mm. to a certain level. Natasha, myself, we had to start getting used to doubling up on vocals very often, learning it within hours and all of us recording within a day. So I think what it's done for us is show us that we don't need as much time as we thought. We can produce a lot more than we thought. And it's all just about priority, not necessarily time. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you guys have a schedule that can be considered a little crazy. And so we're going to be hearing the group do Crazy by Niles Barkley. Here is Fifth Street Voices. Hold up, hold up there past me. We don't have a license to play music on this podcast. So if you want to hear this interview uninterrupted, including all the fantastic music that's involved, go to akaville.org and become a member. Thanks. And now we return you to our regularly scheduled interview. Just another great tune. Like I, I, I feel that like funk vibe that you're talking about, that R&B vibe, and it's giving me life. Like I just, I love it. So nice job. Thank, Thank you so much. Sure. I wonder, you know, what's coming up next? What is on the docket for Fifth Street Voices? So our next big thing is we have a brand new video premiering at the Sing Festival. I think it's June 
3rd? It's June 3rd. And yeah, we'll be premiering a video alongside some amazing groups all across Canada, some of which like we we have made friends with. And yeah, so that's really exciting. And like we've been doing some work with local high schools, working with their groups to like help boost their confidence in this time. Like they don't get to perform at festivals anymore. So we're in the business of spreading love of music. And I think that like other stuff is just what we have been doing this whole time, which is posting videos on TikTok. And we are putting a lot of love and work into our Patreon. So it's it's a lot. Yeah, we have a lot coming up, honestly. And we're just going to keep the ball rolling. That's amazing. I wonder, is an album or something of that nature something you're thinking about? So like I had mentioned earlier, uh, up until this point, we had mostly stuck to covers. We do have an original single out. It's called Suspect. And that has really sparked some sort of inspiration in us. We're really looking to harness our own sound. Covers are really fun, but I think there comes a time in an artist's life when they say, I want my own sound, darn it. I want my music out there. So we're really excited. We were definitely in the midst of like brainstorming some original ideas. We have multiple songs lined up. So I I don't know if necessarily an album is coming up, but possibly some more singles. Where do you guys find your inspiration in terms of songwriting? I would say for mine, anger. (laughs) Anger at the world. I'm like, I'm a woman and I'm I'm here to get mad. But honestly, I just listen to my heroes like Jacob Collier, Tori Kelly, Yeba, all those people. And I listen to the soul and the funk that they put into their music. And I just can't help but put my ideas out there. That's usually how I get started. Yeah, I'm I'm similar to Jay. Like I mostly am fueled by emotion as I think most songwriters are. So like when I'm at my lowest, when I'm at my most fiery or my happiest, that's when I do find the most inspiration to write. And I do find a lot of inspiration from Yeba and Tori Kelly and Jacob Collier. But I also am like quite a singer songwriter obsessor. So like Sarah Bareilles and like Ingrid Michaelson, those kinds of like writers are super inspiring to me. Sure. And with acapella roots. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like at least as we're speaking now, things look like from a pandemic perspective, like they're improving, right? The numbers are going down, vaccinations are rising. And that makes my mind at least turn more towards when things open up. And I wonder if your minds are heading that way and what you're hoping might happen for you all in the in the group explicitly as that happens. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And that's something we've talked about. We'd probably have to take like a few weeks to do a really intensive in-person workshop, series of workshops, because we haven't sung together since like November, really. We had one distanced rehearsal, but then they increased restrictions in BC and we just felt that it was more responsible to just stick to the online thing. So we will definitely have to do like a boot camp of relearning songs, <laughs> relearning what we sound like and figuring out new repertoire to share with the world. Yeah. Maybe even how to say hi to each other. Exactly. <laughs> I think it's also kind of interesting because this pandemic has obviously adjusted our perspectives too for what we want our music to look like. And most of our original writing has happened on a screen. And so I think it'll be really interesting to see how we do adjust our performances and how we sing together and how that's changed just slightly. I don't know. I'm personally terrified for our first performance because I don't remember what all those butterflies feel like. And I'm a nervous person to begin with. So like, here we go. (laughs) That's awesome. I think also we might have to adjust to how much better we are. I like, I'm just saying this because like over the past year, we've been kind of stretching how we arrange. Like Kenji would put high, whatever 
sees for Natasha to sing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Jay's like r- running and riffing all the time. And it's just like, I think like to, it's kind of opened our eyes to like how much potential we actually have even more. So I love that. I wonder, is there something or is there anything, I guess, about the past year plus that has changed in your process that you actually think is better than you've been doing it? Th- things that you'll keep? in terms of processes moving forward? Having online meetings for business is so beneficial and we are like so much faster at it. Like we used to spend hours talking about business. I mean, we did like back then have like more stuff to do logistically, (laughs) like a lot more stuff to plan, but we are way more fine-tuned in meetings and like having the online meetings just means like it's so much more convenient because we don't live together we can just go 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 whenever we need to so that's something I would definitely keep moving forward yeah and I think on top of that is our production of content we used to give ourselves many beautiful excuses to not have things done when they needed to be and at first you know you could blame our level of production on the fact that none of us were going to work. But as work has been reintroduced in our province, and we've still been able to maintain a higher, higher level of content production, it just shows us that it was, we were just providing ourselves excuses. And now we've figured out our method. We've fine-tuned it. And I think that that will really stick with us after all of this. That's awesome. Well, with everything that you have going on, I'm so sorry to say that when this party is over, we're going to be saying goodbye. But before we do, just want to say thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Oh, thank this you has been so us. fun. Yeah. yeah, thank you so much for having us on the show. We're we're just so excited to be able to talk more about music. As, as am I. Well, as we say goodbye and good luck in the future, two Fifth Street voices will be hearing them do when the party's over. Here they are. Thanks for listening to this week's The Pulse, only on Acaville Radio. Remember, Acaville Radio is your home for the best in acapella news, music, and video. Only at acaville.org.